0: listening to the very brave podcast the podcast for women who are looking to find their brave and take more bold steps in life we'll be chatting with women from all walks of life about redefining bravery away from just physical and heroic battlefield acts and being more inclusive of emotional moral and spiritual bravery the very things women the world over are participating in every single day if you're ready to be inspired by stories of feminine bravery from across the globe, and you know it's time to make your next bold move, then get comfortable, grab a coffee, and let's get started. Hello, and thank you so much for joining me today, Gian Rooney.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. Very exciting to have a chat. I'm
0: excited too. Um, I'd love for you to let me know, first of all, um, just a little bit of your background for the wonderful women that are going to watch this.
1: Um, where do I start? Oh my goodness. I'm now 39 years old. For those of you who I haven't met or don't know of my or I used to be an athlete a long time ago. I used to be a swimmer and I um, feel very fortunate that I was part of the Australian swim team from the age of 15 till the age that I retired at 23. And that career culminated in a couple of world championship wins, um, three Olympic medals, one of them gold in Athens in 2004. And Commonwealth Games or a few Commonwealth Games in there as well. So, I feel very fortunate to have had a very fulfilling swimming career and wonderfully for me, I have no regrets about that time in my life. Retired at the age of 23, I now work across a few different mediums from TV to radio to presenting to ambassador roles for some wonderful companies I love empowering women, I love empowering people in general, I love talking, which you can probably tell already, and I'm now the uh, proud mum of two little kids, Xander is seven, Lexi is four, and we live on a macadamia farm in northern New South Wales, so a lot going on, and there's certainly no uh, follow one path for me, it's been all over the shop and I absolutely love it.
0: Wow. What a contrasting totally uh, the early part of your life, and, and now um, I have a Lexi, and I used to live next to a macadamia farm in northern New South Wales. So, uh, of crossovers, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Gian, we're here today to talk about bravery and how we might redefine it for women. Can I ask you, first of all, What would be your own personal definition of bravery?
1: Great question. I think bravery or the definition of bravery has changed many times throughout my life, depending on the circumstances that I find myself in or the challenges that I'm I'm facing on a particular day or moment in time. And so for me, bravery actually comes down to being brave enough to make decisions that are coming from your gut, to be able to trust yourself and trust your gut and trust your instincts and know that there's many options on the table in front of you, which we there always normally is. There's many options, but being brave enough to make the right choice as to what is right for that moment and for you or for those around you and to find out the best situation going forward. So I think that has held me in pretty good stead throughout my life in in making those choices and not necessarily knowing where they're going to take me, but knowing that it feels right for me and it feels right in my gut and I always trust my instincts. So for me, bravery is trusting yourself. Mm. So if you look back over your
0: life and particularly your, your career as an athlete and then the choices you've made since then, what are some times where you know that you've been brave?
1: I think for me it didn't actually feel that brave when I was swimming. Choices that I made very much felt like they were the right decisions at the right time and sometimes they took a little bit of uh, discussion with my loved ones. Sometimes it took uh, a little bit of Introspection and checking in with what I thought was right with me. And sometimes those decisions took a little while to get to, but they always stemmed from what, what do I need to do here? Or what is the choice that I need to make to get to where I need to be or where I want to be? And so choices for me that included, I, from a very basic level, I was, I was certainly not one of your most naturally talented athletes that you would ever find. I was lucky enough to be on a swim team within many exceptionally incredibly naturally talented and talented athletes uh so for me my talent if you like more so came from my work ethic and that was a choice that I made that I wanted to be able to stand on the blocks on race day and know that I'd worked harder than the seven other girls lining up beside me in that final and so they were choices that I made and and the way that I approached those uh, moments in time that I now look back on and think are quite brave because um, it would have been easier in a lot of ways to say I'm not as good as the girls Mm. around Instead I chose to challenge that, even my own thought process on that and find a way that I could be competitive with them. And so moments like that when I decided to – I. needed a, a different change of scenery I needed something to reignite my passion for my swimming career and so I made the decision to move from the Gold Coast and my coach Dennis Cottrell who had taken me the whole way through and I'd had a lot of success with to move to Ian Pope uh, in Melbourne and that was a huge decision because it, it really came down to uh, do I walk away from the sport or do I give it another crack uh, in a different location with a different stimulation and so I look back now and that was an incredibly brave situation Mm -hmm. to leave my family at the age of 19 and move to a city that I had only ever spent short amounts of time in and knew very few people and moved out of home and and started on my own. And that for me at that point in time was brave. I also now look back at it and think that it was quite brave of me to retire at the age of 23 when I possibly Mm -hmm. got uh, a couple of more years left in front of me in my swimming career. But it felt right because i was ready to make the next leap or the next step or to see what else i could do in my life
0: you are listening to the very brave podcast
1: plenty of moments throughout my swimming career and then pre- plenty of moments in my life afterwards where that i thought were just decisions at the time the older i get the more i look back and I'm prouder of those decisions. And I think that they, yes, many decisions we make in our life are very brave when you kind of look back with a bit of perspective.
0: Yeah. And that's one of the things that I've discovered through this process is that um, bravery is very much determined down the track. We, we look back and we re- reflect in the moment, it's more courage that we're summoning in order to do the, the thing that we were later determined to be brave. So, Many have described to me like a physical reaction, feeling sick in the stomach or butterflies in the stomach or, or goosebumps. Are there moments where you recall that exact thing happening and, and calling in courage, so to speak?
1: Yeah, I, I always think of it as the flight or fight syndrome and mm. it's very about what do I do in this situation? Uh, if I have to make a decision quickly, what is it? Am I going to stay and fight for it? or Am I going to flee? And quite often for me, my response is to stay and fight for it because it usually means something to me, and I really want it to happen, or I, I, I need it as a stepping stone to get to where I want to go. And so, again, I feel very fortunate that probably one of my greatest strengths throughout my life is that I'm not a naturally nervous person. I'm not the type that gets frozen into inaction through anxiousness or nervousness or anything like that. So I was an athlete that loved racing because of that. I loved racing. I loved that feeling of adrenaline. I loved that knowing that it came down to one moment and one decision and I had one chance at it. And so for me, I always describe that I feel that I get excited at the challenge rather than nervous or scared of the challenge. And so that's where. I recognise that that's a quality of mine fairly early on and there are sometimes and moments where I need to actually make myself a little bit nervous to to perform at my best in whatever phase of that life it may be. And uh, I also recognise that that's also when magic happens for me, when I get those butterflies in my tummy, where I feel excited, when I feel a little bit of nerves, if that's what it is. Mm means I'm on the right path because that's when magic has always happened in my life whenever I have felt like that.
0: And if we turn our attention to some of the people that might have been around you at the time and, and maybe others that you've kind of gravitated towards um, since you finished swimming, um, are there women that have stood out for you as, as ro- role models that, you know, you might identify with uh, having also been brave that, you know, have inspired you?
1: Oh, so many. I feel very fortunate that I come across so many incredible women in um, my job both as an athlete and since retiring as well. I'm surrounded by incredibly strong, brave, ambitious but still nurturing women and they've definitely played a huge part in my career and my path and many of them have become mentors and many of them I look up to. And it goes all the way from, you know, someone that I've only met a couple of times but I, high, I hold in such high regard and then others that I, you know, roomed with as, as swimming mates mm. and I look at now the way they approach their life and I'm so incredibly proud to be able to call them a friend and learn from them. And so, you know, I, I... Look at some of the women I work with now. Um, Julie Lander is the CEO of Care Super, who I've been an ambassador for for 10 years. And as a female CEO in a finance sector, I find her extraordinary and has been for a long time. Julie Bishop, from many, many years, just looking at what she has done and, and the way that she, I guess, deals with a very man's world and still manages to not only find a way through, but not uh, not quell her femininity Mm. either that way through um and so you know there's those I have as I said women that I have swum with that have been through incredible challenges in their life and have come through the other side and you know not let that stop them I love the cover of Marie Claire magazine at the moment Mm. with Richard and Grace Tame on the front cover you know I'm I feel very fortunate that in in this day and age, but in certainly in my lifetime, I've had female role models all around me, and I think they're extraordinary, and they certainly inspire me and have shaped who I hope that I've become and who I will still, to become.
0: It is an amazing time right now, isn't it, um, with who we find ourselves surrounded by, especially in the uh, Australian media. And Julie Bishop is uh, is one of mine as well I remember um we were in New York and it was United Nations week and Julie was there as the foreign minister and every five minutes there was a new Facebook post of the next you know event that she popped up at in a new designer outfit and you know it was just it was just glorious we couldn't track her down we tried our hardest but um you know, she's, she certainly um, has been an inspiration for many, I know that. What about for you um, as a mum? Do you find, like if you're going to look back at your experience um, as a mum so far, do you find there's a point where motherhood and ambition collide and you have to make brave choices there?
1: Absolutely, and I'll be very honest, becoming a mum was the hardest thing and continues to be the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. I uh, love that my two little kids, I say, are um, spirited children and have been since the day that they were born. Mm -hmm. Uh, That also can mean that they can be quite challenging. And uh, I have found it very difficult from day dot of the first day that, you know, my son Xander came into the world of trying to be everything that he needs and be everything that I think I need to be for him. Mm whilst filling up my cup and still doing what I love. And uh, I always knew I, I wanted and needed to be a working mum. I am the type that needs to uh, still be fulfilled for me to be a good mother and that for me means time away and I feel very fortunate. That's the beauty of my job is that I usually get to go away, you know, an overnight once a week or mm fortnight and i have wonderful adult conversations that are stimulating and exciting and challenging for me and i get out of my comfort zone as part of my job on a regular basis and then i come home and i'm fulfilled on that side and i'm more patient i have more time and quality time with my children
0: you are listening to the very brave podcast
1: that took me a long time to figure out. And the mum guilt, I, mm. I felt guilty no matter where I was. And I know mm. many relate to that. I either felt guilt when I was at home that I wasn't feeling fulfilled on the other side, and then when I was at work, uh, I felt guilty for not being at home. And I think the natural struggle that um, many parents go through because we are designed to be maternal or paternal and to after our children for the most part and want the best for them. But, you know, I always still think that for me personally, I need to have a semblance of myself at all times so that I be a good role model and a great mum to them as well. So, Going through the motherhood phase, again, was I I didn't need to look any further than my own mum. My my own mum, Jan, is an incredible mother and has always been. And, you know, I have always tried to emulate her in any way, shape or form that I can because she simply was the greatest and is the greatest mum that anyone could ask for. So I didn't need to look far for a role model there. And then Given that I was in TV when my children were born, um, I had wonderful mothers that and were doing the same thing that I was around me. And, you know, Joanna Griggs has always been a great friend of mine, an incredible role model. Jennifer Kite uh, in Melbourne was sensational when I was, you know, on the 6pm news and trying to juggle firstly pregnancy and work and then Baby and Baby Brain with live TV, and she was exceptional. And as I've gone on, Rebecca Madden has been amazing. And as I said, I feel very fortunate that I've never had to look far for role models and incredible female role models in particular because they've been right there in front of me. And that old saying, of you cannot be what you cannot see, I never had to deal with because they were always there.
0: And while you were figuring it out and you were experiencing guilt on both sides, did you experience any resistance from others um, suggesting to you that you you should be, you know, with your kids 100% of the time?
1: No. I was, um, I think that was within my friendship circles. Uh, first and foremost, my husband Sam, we've always been a team and we knew that from day dot and he never expected anything differently. We do everything 50-50. There are times when he's a solo parent, there's a time mm-hmm. when solo parent. And we don't really have, you know, boys' jobs and girls' jobs in our household. It's like whoever's there gets it done. Mm-hmm. And very much a team. We're very much on the same page. And, you know, I I have never felt anything other than how do we, you know, how's best to make this work from that side of my life. So I have a great husband who gets it. And then I, all my friends, and I think the reason that I click with those people and, the reason that I have surrounded myself with my village, if you like, is because we're all on the same page. So there was never any resistance from anywhere. It was more so me having to figure out what was an opportunity that was too good to not let go of or to let go past and or was that too much impact on my family life to say yes to. Mm. And they were great options to have and they were great choices to have. But there was always that choice of, okay, or the decision had to be made was, you know, do this is going to be hard. Do we find a way to make this work because it's such a great opportunity or is it simply going to impact my children too much? Mm. And so as every, you know, parent will say, those decisions are sometimes daily. Yes, and multiple times.
0: Multiple, <laughs> multiple times per day. What do you think we can do to encourage more women to make more brave
1: moves? I think one of the things we have to acknowledge is the fact that, and um, this could come out very wrong, but mm-hmm. I'm going to it back to uh, the transition of an athlete from being an athlete to life after. And I have always said that for the most part I find that a lot of men have had that transition be a lot harder than women, mm-hmm. and my theory is it's because male athletes are the most selfish people on the planet. And that sounds awful when you say it like, but it's also what allows them to be so good. And in Mm -hmm. that environment, it is not only encouraged to be selfish, it's expected that everyone else exists around you so that you can achieve your dreams and your goals. And I find that when, particularly in the with men, when that is encouraged and, and expected from a very young age, and you have success because of that ability, then it's very hard to switch that off or to comprehend that that's not how real life works outside mm-hmm. of being late. Selfishness is not a trait that works in any other <laughs> career or avenue mm-hmm. or life. Ready to wake up every day and live your bravest life? Sign up today for our 365 Days of Brave, and you will receive a daily Brave message from Rachel Evans herself directly into your inbox, completely free of charge. Go to bravemedianetwork.com backslash 365
0: and sign up for your daily Brave messages today.
1: And that what, what stops women getting to that, that same point, for the most part, is that we have a natural maternal instinct that, doesn't allow us to switch off from what is going on in all the lives around us that are mm-hmm. helping time. and so therefore for the most part you know that transition into life after is in some ways for a lot of female athletes fulfilled by becoming a mother or becoming a parent because of, of that natural maternal instinct to want to look after others whereas I think that's one of the biggest barriers for females in in general into making these brave decisions and choices is putting themselves first mm-hmm. for me. Everyone else is saying I should do this, but is that actually what I want? What do I want? How do I get there? How does that impact others? But ultimately, how does that impact me? And I really do think that because of this inbuilt maternal character quality that we we have we often put everyone else first before us and we put others needs and others dreams and others desires in front of our own and so for me that's the the first step is figuring out and and allowing women the ability to say what do I want what fills my cup what makes me happy what challenges me how do I get to that point where I'm out of my comfort zone because I know that's when the magic happens mm. so I have always said especially when I talk to women and groups is that you know get comfortable with being uncomfortable because mm. or out of your comfort zone that's when the magic happens and I think that's the first step so start being a little
0: bit selfish put yourself first and don't necessarily accept what society is telling you as the path you should take, really challenge um, how that feels for you.
1: Absolutely. And that's harder for others, some than others. And as I said, I've got a very, well, that was just always, I met my husband, I met Sam, and there was never any other option of, you know, we never spoke about I was going to be a stay-at-home parent or he was going to be a stay-at-home parent. We were like, We're a team. This is what makes us happy. How do we make this work once we involve children? Mm. And that is a lot more difficult for a lot of other couples, especially if the expectation wasn't set prior to having children. And then children come along and it was like, oh, I just expected that you were going to be a stay at home parent or vice Mm. versa. So it can be much more difficult for some. Than, rather than others, but, I, uh, you know, it's a very clichéd comment, but, you know, put your oxygen mask on before helping others. I just feel that if, if we as women are happy and content and fulfilled and we've got our cup filled up, then we have more to give and we are more capable of filling everyone else's cups up if, if ours is full. Absolutely.
0: So we've heard a little bit about how you felt when you were swimming and how you felt um, since becoming a parent. I imagine that you still have a few more brave moves left in you. Can you share with me what your next brave move might be? Great question.
1: I think that's probably, funnily enough, been my plan all along, is to not have a plan, Rachel. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think I, strangely enough when I swam and to understand swimming is a sport where it's quite brutal in the fact that it is, you know, I used to swim six to seven hours a day, six days a week, 50 weeks of the year for 12 years of my life. And the thing that got me in the end was the monotony or the inability to change my scenery, the inability to um, cross-train in any way, shape or form. Uh, Swimmers, we're, you know, we as humans are land-based creatures. We're not designed to swim. And so, therefore, there's no other cross-training that you can do as a, a swimmer. You just have to do laps in the pool. It's mm-hmm. just about as much you possibly can. And it doesn't matter if you go to a swimming pool in Sicily or Monte Carlo or Canada. A pool is a pool no matter where you go in the world the exact same features, the exact same feel, the exact same smell. And the monotony was what got me at the end and the inability to change that up. Um, And that's all that I promised myself life after swimming is that I knew that I needed a career or a job or my life to not be constrained in that way anymore. I love the fact that I quite often don't ever see the opportunities that come my way. And I love that. I believe that for me personally if if I thought about it too much, I actually might say, Oh that's you know too hard or that impacts my life whereas when it shows up on your doorstep and you have to make a quick decision, all you can do is go pros and cons what what outweighs what? do I really want to do this? Is there a way we can make it work? Yes, I can let's do it and I just always, as I said at the very start, make sure that I trust my gut, make sure that the decision feels right or as right as it can be in that moment. But ultimately, um, throw a little bit of caution to the wind and have a crack. It's not always going to work. There are definitely going to be times when it doesn't work and you're going to fail. But I don't really ever think of them as failings. They're just learnings and you stop learning the day that you die. So have a go, see what happens. And my only life motto that I've ever had, is to have no regrets. I I want to leave this earth looking back and saying I wouldn't have done anything differently. So Mm. present themselves and I like the idea of them. I'm gonna have a crack.
0: Sounds marvelous after being so structured to having no plan and um, seeing what falls in your lap and letting the universe take care of it.
1: Exactly. Who Mm. would have thought to me a couple of years ago, you're gonna be a macadamia farmer in northern New South Wales? I would have laughed at them. There was there was never any plan for that to happen. But again i'm lucky that i have a husband that has the same outlook on life and uh you know that spontaneity and that ability to want to see out challenges uh we both possess and so we make a really good team in terms of that who knows where i could be in five years time (laughs) exactly
0: you are listening to the very brave podcast Well, Jian, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts. Congratulations on your amazing swimming career. And I really look forward to seeing what um, having no plan um, looks like for you in the future.
1: Oh, thank you very much. And let's hope that by next year we have a lot more women on the bravery list. Absolutely. Taking chances and making challenges a part of their everyday norm would be good. Excellent. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to The Very Brave Podcast. If you like this episode, please follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. Also, remember to give us a rating and review. I'll be reading out reviews on future podcast episodes and I'd love to share your insights. For more information and additional resources, check out the website at www.therealrachel.com and www.bravemedianetwork.com. I love hanging out on Instagram as well. So make sure you follow me there at the real Rachel Evans and let's continue this conversation. I look forward to chatting with you next time. <laughs>